Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. Today's episode is long awaited. I was really excited to record this. It's with the folks from Beyond the Blinds. So Troy and Kelly are on the podcast and we talk about celebrity conspiracy theories and also just like, you know, blind items about different celebrities pop up. These two are just like a wealth of pop culture and celebrity knowledge. So please check out their podcast and their Patreon. Um, don't leave me once you do it because theirs is better than mine. <laughs> But, you know, uh, maybe just check out both of us. But I have to say, like, Troy and Kelly, they're just, like, a perfect pairing. I'm obsessed with their podcast and their Patreon episodes, which are, like, a little bit more tea spilly than the um, public ones. But I just wanted to say, I think I might start kind of a new thing with this podcast where I just touch on recent items that have been happening before we get into the actual meat of the podcast, just because... So I don't know, sometimes I do an episode on blind items and I'm like, these all happened in 2009 and everyone's like, but what about Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian? And I'm like, sorry, we're, we're in, we're in 2009. (laughs) So, uh, recent things that have happened, obviously the Sean and Camilla breakup. I mean, to me, that was my Super Bowl. I was actually, I was playing a board game with my boyfriend when I found out about it. And I had to say, we got to take a little intermission here because I got to hop on Instagram like a mad woman. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to read their statement because I feel like if you listen to this, you, you've already read their statement. It was a little bit weird when they said that they're going to love each other. Their love for each other as humans is stronger as ever. I was like, OK, but what about your love for each other as dogs? Huh? What about fish? <laughs> so my hope, if I was God and I could plan how things were going to work, my hope is that Sean Mendez does a feature with Lil Nas X. He changes up his look, you know, from Chelsea Boots to Converse to something else, and he comes out of the closet, and he just enjoys his, uh, his life. I also hope that Camilla becomes, like, a hot singles girl. Do you remember? So, obviously, we know Havana is a bop. What was that song she did with DaBaby? Um, hold on. Okay, it was called My Oh My. I used to jam out to that song. I almost consider it like the 2021 version of Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado because it's like, it's provocative and it uses wordplay to talk about like going home with someone. Anyway, that is what I want for Camilla. I remember Taylor Swift had a quote about her where she was, you know, just another another feather in the cap that makes me think Taylor Swift is bi. But she had a quote where she was like, uh, just something about Camilla Cabello being on stage and how she like, she's sexy on stage basically when she performs and I won't say all of her performances have been like number one but I really do think that she has the gift of entertaining and a lot of people look her over because she's just so cringe and things like that so if you head over to my Instagram it's just fluently forward same as the podcast no spaces um I put up like my one of my favorite performances of her on the Jimmy Fallon show I think she's sexy I want her to do singles I want her to be like a pop girl on the radio dancing you know, I also just think we need more of that. No shade to you, Dula Peep, but I feel like, you know, we know Taylor can't really dance. Like, who is the dancer of the moment? Ariana Grande can't really dance. I feel like Beyonce hasn't been around that much. I mean, Normani can obviously dance, but, you know, ooh, what if they collabed? Okay, sorry. Now, <laughs> now I'm getting into conspiracy theories. Um, also, Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian, fake, 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 fake fake I posted an Instagram story you know take a shot every time I plug my Instagram but I posted a shot uh, 
a shot. Am I good? I posted a story of them um, that I was tagged in from Kelly, who you'll be listening to shortly. But basically, there was a full video of the paparazzi scene because I feel like you see a picture of them holding hands and you're like, oh my God, they're together. But if you watch the full paparazzi video, Pete is waiting like, uh, I don't know, I was going to say like a donkey. He's waiting like a donkey by the door of the car for Kim to walk around. They hold hands for probably 1.2 seconds. A bunch of camera shutters go off. They drop the hands and they keep walking. And if you watch the full video of them after they were in that log flume ride, they like get out of the log. <laughs> this is so stupid. And they like don't even look at each other or talk to each other. They just kind of walk away. So to me, it's just very, very obvious that this is all being set up for PR. Something else that I want to talk about is um, the influx of celebrity merch. I feel like everything that happened with COVID, a bunch of celebrities were like, I can't do as many movies or like I can't go touring. So like I didn't have as many revenue streams. And part of me wonders also too, maybe if that's why they oversold tickets for Astroworld or you just hear of these concerts being a little bit oversold. Maybe they're trying to like make up money from lack of touring. But you have all these celebrities coming out with these merch lines. So Harry Styles is coming out with nail polish. Um, The bottles, they do look like anal butt plugs. Mm, I feel like he did that on purpose. And the name of the line is Pleasure. We have Gal Gadot, who came out with a healthy mac and cheese line. I, 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 oh my God, I'm like, keep talking about my Instagram, but... I was ranting about it earlier this week on there. And what I literally found out yesterday is that Haley Bieber is now starting her own beauty line too. And it's going to be called Road and it's coming out next year. And she's really excited about it. And it's going to feature like hair, hair care, skin care, makeup, perfume. And I'm just like, can we not like there? I don't know. Ariana Grande's Rem beauty line came out. It's just like not every celebrity needs a beauty line. I honestly like at this point, I'm tipping my hat to Gal Gadot for at least making mac and cheese and doing something different. So let me know your thoughts on it. I think it's stupid. That being said, I'm I'm working on merch. So let's not think that it's too stupid, but my merch will be cool. Okay. And it's not It's not going to have my face or my name on it. It's just going to be like cool and provocative and talk about blind items. Um, It's definitely not going to be skincare because we know I don't have good skin. (laughs) Okay, so without any further ado, let's get into the meat, the goodness of this episode and speak with Troy and Kelly from Beyond the Blinds. All right. So hi, everyone. We are here with the folks from Beyond the Blinds, Troy and Kelly. And I'm very, very excited to have these two people on today because um, I've been binging your podcast nonstop and your Patreon episodes, which, by the way, I feel like are kind of a little bit more saucy version of the podcast. Is that how you would describe (laughs) them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So before we like get into it, I just kind of, I was thinking that for today's episode, I could kind of bounce some celebrity conspiracy theories off of you, which I feel like are a hop, skip and a jump away from a blind item. So, you know, they kind of run in the same circles, but I would first love to know, like, how did you guys meet each other? How did you first learn about blind items? Like, I'd love to hear about how Beyond the Blind started. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, Troy had me on his podcast and we just got along really well. And then um, over the summer, I got laid off and I called Troy wasted. And I was like, we've been talking about having a podcast. Let's just do it. And we were on the phone for like an hour. And I think the next day or two days later, we recorded the first episode. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We had an instant when we recorded a Backstreet Boys episode together and we had an instant sort of like 
connection and a like a shorthand. And like was that tell, episode about blind items about the Backstreet Boys or was it just thoughts and no, opinions? It was okay. about Millennium, the album. Like yes. it was really <laughs> like just, but I could tell like Kelly and I had a real shorthand when it came to how we look at celebrities and like Lou Pearlman. Like we just had a real, sh- I was like, oh, Kelly like reads blind items. Like I yeah. got it. Well, you can tell, right? And I feel like um, since I've been reading these blind items for so long, and I love when you guys talk about how the website Crazy Days and Nights is just like this website completely from the past. Like even we'll have to talk about NT because I've talked to him a little bit and now he's on TikTok, but he's not using TikTok, you know, the way like a Gen Zer would use it. Right. So, you know, just finding the website and navigating through it is a trip, but you can really tell when someone reads blind items because somebody else, I'll mention in passing that Selena Gomez is on drugs and they look at me like I'm insane and I'm like oh wait right you haven't read any of the same stuff yeah it makes you feel crazy it does mm-hmm. but also powerful <laughs> right. yeah. so when did you guys first learn about blind items and was it crazy days and nights or was it a different site you can go Troy um I started reading blind items in college okay um I discovered blind items through Brittany because I'm a big Brittany head yes and I was just like not feeling like I was getting the true story when like because I went I was in college in 2007 so literally like college was like on the back burner for me and it was all about what was happening with Britney Jean Spears <laughs> and her safety every day and if she was alive yes. um and I just wanted more info and I felt like I wasn't getting it from like you know TMZ and then somehow I discovered blind items from like you know looking around and stuff on the internet and it really opened up my world like it changed my entire life really yeah I've heard a lot of people write into me and say like this is kind of something I'm interested in because I feel like especially you know not to get political but I feel like with COVID a lot of people just kind of lost their faith in different media reports because you know you would flip on one channel and see one thing and then go to the next and see something completely different and along with that distrust in media I feel like we've all kind of known that you know, a tabloid magazine cover saying that a celebrity is pregnant is probably going to be incorrect. But I feel like this past year just kind of blew the lid off even more. And Mm -hmm. now people just kind of look at what celebrities are doing and they just kind of view it as hocus pocus. So Britney Spears is one of the examples people always ask, how do you know if a blind item is real? Which ones have come true? And I always think that Britney Spears examples are a pretty good one because those blinds have been talking for years saying that something sinister was going on while the whole public, you know, and nobody ever thanks a conspiracy theorist, but people were like, oh, you're digging into it. You're doing too much. I'm sure she's Mm -hmm. fine. And now we all know the truth, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember being like, I remember when I first discovered her through like her blind item narrative story, whatever. And I went back and read old, like, this was like, oh my God, you can go all the way back to like 2001 and read yeah. these, like what? And uh, I remember reading about like, you know, her experimenting with drugs and all these things that like really helped me understand like the lead up to what happened. Cause it like, as a young person, I just like couldn't wrap my head around it. And it really helped me kind of navigate her whole story. Yes. And we have some very fun Britney Spears conspiracy theories that I'm excited to ping off of you guys. Oh God. Um, Okay. But Kelly, what was your first experience with blind items? Honestly, it was through Tumblr. So I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. Me too. When I (laughs) first, I just have to say when I first was like, oh my God, beyond the blinds, let me check out their podcast. Oh wait, Patreon. Let me check it out. When I saw that you guys had a Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss episode, my heart (laughs) 
sword. <laughs> That's like the hill I would die on. And I do have to say, ever since starting this whole thing with TikTok, people have slid in and told me that it is confirmed. Like I, I would give my life for that one. And that's how you yeah. found blind items. Yeah. So that's how I found it because I always felt like her relationships were all PR. Yeah. You know, I was like, there's no way that her and Harry Styles fell in love for two months. And then she wrote a whole album. Yes. And then I was like on some Tumblr thing. And it was like, Kaler um, evidence. That's like something a good one like on there. that. Yeah. I I think it was through like some Taylor Swift Facebook page, which brought me to a Kaler evidence, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> you I was look like, at your magnifying up. glass. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I found Crazy Days and Nights through that, and it was almost like, okay, I was onto something. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you know what? It's funny because Tumblr actually plays a pity with a pretty big, a pretty big um, role in that whole theory, because the night after the 1975 concert, this was back when Taylor Swift was an active Tumblr user. And you can see what people like on there. She went home and she was obviously drunk in that video. And she liked three different Tumblr posts of like her and Carly, just like fan collages that people put together. Mm -hmm. Then the video comes out of them kissing and she unliked the post. So in my mind, I'm like, she went to the concert, her and Carly were drunk. They kissed. They don't think anyone sees she's come home. She's thinking about her she likes the stuff on tumblr so that was kind of like a interesting intersection of blinds and tumblr for a little bit there for sure yeah okay now i want to get into some conspiracy theories but i first would love to hear from you i don't know if you get this from people but something i hear a lot on tiktok are this idea of um blind items being dangerous or them being just as bad as tmz or the paparazzi you know you're spreading rumors and you're hurting people's lives and things like that. I personally, you know, since I'm still doing it, I don't believe in that, but I would love to know your take on that viewpoint. I think the way Troy and I try and frame it always is like when we talk about blinds, we're, we are not making up these rumors, you know, and, yeah. and sure blinds can be dangerous to a point, I guess, but I don't know. I don't think it's the exact same because blind items don't have the same following as say a TMZ or an Us Weekly or anything like that. And yeah. as we've said, well, kind of said, when you've been following blinds for a long time, you see a pattern with certain people. There are certain blinds where you can just be like, no, that's bullshit. And we always say like, take it for what you will. You don't have to believe every blind we read type of thing. Completely. And there's a difference between talking about something online. Um, I also think too, like if something is a blind item, it's already been circulating Hollywood for a little bit, you know, people yeah. in the industry already know it, then we know about it. And it's just, um, I don't know. Also, we're not inciting anyone, you know, Taylor Swift, go force her to come out or something like that. I just kind of consider it as like, you know, you're talking with your friends over brunch. And if it's on social media, the brunch table just got a little bit bigger. Um, but, you know, we're all talking about these things and it's just speculation. I don't think there's anything wrong with speculation. I think there's something wrong with action. Um, right. But I think speculation is fine. I agree with that. I also just find that whole narrative of being like, this is dangerous. It's like, you don't think that, like, you don't think that our mainstream news can be dangerous. Yeah. It's just another form. It's another way of getting alleged news. I mean, like, I mean, I use her as the example all the time, but like when you look at Britney's life, everything that most people know about her is through mainstream news. And it was extremely dangerous and damaging to her life and ruined her literal life. Yeah. So, you know, what's the difference between reading and a blind item that maybe in 2001, Britney did a little Coke 
versus you know something that's written in people magazine that's like horrific you know what I mean yeah I just don't really understand that and I also think like being able to navigate blind items is such an important thing I think you know when people who don't know how to read them or don't have a lot of experience with them just sort of jump on that website yeah it can be really overwhelming and it can look like this very dark evil thing because sometimes blind items are really dark but sometimes they're really dumb I think it's, it's not also, also yeah. like it's also a larger lesson in anything if somebody there was this ridiculous blind on crazy days and nights saying that Lil Nas X was faking being gay because no men had come out and said that they slept with him but a few women <laughs> had and I was like I'm pretty sure this website outed Lil Nas X like a couple years ago so like pick a right. side so to me I was like that's not true and a couple young people on TikTok were like did you see the blind blah 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 and I had to be like take it with a grain of salt but also please know like you're going to be on the internet for a long time you have to take everything on the internet with a grain of salt it's not just blind items it's also actual media companies you should always be doing more research so you know the same standard you hold blind items to you should also hold the new york times to that standard you know everybody makes mistakes and it's always good to do more research and trust your own gut so i don't know that's my take on it and also at the end of the day there's like there's warlords out there so i'm like it's not that dangerous i know that's how i feel like it's not that deep (laughs) Katie Perry it's not that deep yeah there's like Jeffrey Epstein's and Harvey Weinstein's out there and instead they get mad at the people reporting or like reading blinds about them it's like there's bigger fish to fry and that's what I was gonna say like that's how I found out kind of about like the me too movement became before it was a big movement before Uh Jeffrey Epstein became a household name you know Mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr. allegedly telling him about Dan Schneider there are these important things that have transpired because of blind yes and I know I think you guys said that you were also interviewed for that BuzzFeed article about crazy days and nights she called me and um I don't think she liked any of my quotes because I was like blind items like blah 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 but it is a shame that QAnon is linked to all of these sex trafficking things because then you say oh my god all these blind items are just QAnon related and in my head I'm like well there there is grooming and there is rape and there is sexual abuse happening in Hollywood and just because the Q people took that over as part of their campaign doesn't mean that those things aren't happening in Hollywood. It's just that they're happening in Hollywood and DC and probably in any institution where people have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I that I really agree with because I'm like, this is just a group of people who decided to take one random notion and like make it their cause. But like, yeah. it doesn't mean that people like Kelly said that people like Dan Schneider don't exist and haven't and hasn't like ruined kids' lives. Like those two things can, I guess, both exist in the same world, I suppose. Um, And I also just feel like, like, so for my other podcast for Dunzo, I do a lot of like deep divey celebrity relationship stuff. And when I started that, I noticed like so much of what, you know, that what we read is like, it's, you know, publicists that have a good relationship with a magazine or a good relationship with some other publicist that owes this guy something or whatever. And then it gets trickled down to us. So it's like, if you're going to take the word of a source from Angelina Jolie as gospel, then why can't I read this when that is like so clearly debunkable? And I mean, I was just about to say, even the way TMZ has handled Astroworld, you know, just, that's so biased. You know what I mean? So 
And the, like- the news came out, I think recently, right? They were like, uh, a policeman was pricked in the neck with a needle. And then today they go, no, oh, no, my bad. I think he was just punched. It's like, oh my God, you need to issue a huge retraction. And that like cuts down on your credibility. And why do we just accept this as like, they made a whoopsie, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Exactly. But blind items are the issue. Right. It's so crazy. <laughs> it, it is pretty wild. Well, okay. Speaking of wild things, let's just get right into the conspiracy theories. Now, <laughs> okay. I kind of broke them down. Let me pull up my notes here, like person to person. I want to start with a fun one that I just, this isn't even like a conspiracy theory on the dark web. This is just one that someone came up with on Reddit. And I thought in my gut, I know this to be true. So, you know, Kim and Kanye's house that they made where everything was like crystal white, there was nothing in there, very minimalistic. There's a few people on Reddit who have a theory going that they made that house on purpose. So it's easier for Kim to facetune her photos because if it's just one gray slate wall behind her, she can nip and tuck a lot easier without having like plants and kids books and things like that in the middle. What are your thoughts? Whoa. Yeah, I was kind of like, that's a pretty hot take. I like it. I've definitely read that that house is a show house. Yeah. And that it's not, because it's it, it's literally unlivable. Like the thought of yes. children growing up in that house is like actually like very dark. Yeah. Like that makes me really sad to think like, oh, my kids, is, they've only ever seen beige. Yes. Uh, it just seems like such an unlivable space. I've been reading this book. You know how people now are like, the gut is the new brain and like probiotics. You need to right. keep your gut healthy. So like get in with the dirt. I'm like, all of those kids are not being exposed to any dirt. They're in like this completely clean showroom of a house. Like you said, it's like a warehouse. That would make a lot of sense because Kim yeah. can just post from any room and there's no surface to be blurry or weird from her making her waist a Barbie. Yeah, I thought that one was kind of interesting. So, okay, let's talk about some of the ones about Taylor Swift, obviously my favorite. I have to say, I think we're all on board with the concept that she could allegedly have dated women, um, which by the way, what does your gut tell you? Do you think that Taylor Swift is gay? Do you think that her and Carly Kloss was a one-off? I see Taylor Swift as like one day having a tell-all book where she just says that she's been bisexual her whole life. Have you ever read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? Yes. And like literally from the first page, I was screaming, this has to be about Taylor Swift. There are actual lines from the book that Taylor has used in her lyrics. Yes. In the two most recent albums, like the song Ivy. I mean, that's completely about a woman cheating on her husband with another woman. Like I would lay my life down for it. I mean, I think that there's a good chance that she has been with more women, allegedly, allegedly out there um (laughs) more women than just carly claus you know when and it took me a while to believe diana agron but once i like read more into it i was like i think i might like them better than kayler yeah and it is (laughs) to me also it's like i've also dated women before and all the you know lesbian stereotypes are there for a reason and the fact that taylor swift is always dating women who look just like her i'm like there you go the proof is in the pudding and that (laughs) happens so (laughs) <laughs> and I feel like the uh, the tweets about like Calvin Harris when he tweeted the only the beard the beard yes. tweets they're just like a that lot blew my of- mind when you told me that. Yeah, I grew a big old beard to be taken seriously. I was like, who talks like that? Nobody. Yeah. And do you want to know something crazy? We haven't really heard that much about Calvin Harris since those tweets. Like he hasn't really been doing. I don't think he's put out any major album or anything like that. So no, I know wonders. he worked with- Pharrell and Katy Perry at one point. Yeah, they did that. um, Feels. 
Yes, feels. Yeah, don't be afraid to catch feels. Well, speaking of Katy Perry, there is the conspiracy theory that her beef with Katy Perry and Taylor Swift was basically all just for PR, and they were actually never that upset with each other. I am curious about your take on that, but what I'm even more curious about is the fact that their beef is all about backup dancers, and they never mention the fact that both of these women dated John Mayer. Like, to me, that's the biggest reason to have a feud is that he seemed like a giant player douche to Taylor. And then with Katie, he's wearing matching sweaters on the Ellen show and sitting next to her like they're happy husband and wife. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really, I feel like they just didn't care for one another. Yeah. And maybe the dancer thing, because I know a few of the dancers did like speak out about it, but maybe the dancer thing just like pushed it over the edge. Yeah. Because there are some people who I really just, I don't like them or dislike them, but if they did something wrong to me, like I would hate them immediately. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are these people in your personal life or are these celebrities that you're thinking it's me. of? All yeah. of the, it's mostly Troy, but all of the above. <laughs> I think the dancer thing is like, yeah, I agree. It has to be other things. And then the dancer thing was like an easy sort of per, like a uh, public thing that they could blame it on yeah you know but there has to be more under the surface because i'm sure, sure business screwovers like that happen all the time in the music industry but you don't get a bad blood single out of it so i don't know and also in that music video you need to calm down apparently Katy perry and taylor swift were supposed to kiss in the music video and the audience didn't like that so they ended up editing it out which i think I don't know. I think that Lover was Taylor's album to come out in. And then I think everything happening with Scooter just kind of made her go, okay, no, I need to shut this down for at least a couple of years until things are back on track. She's with good old Joe Alwyn. I know, <laughs> Joe, which I mean, I'm also so confused because if they are a PR relationship, she hasn't really done much for him. Like nobody knows about him, but she had the audacity to give him a Grammy and be like, I walked into the room and he was just playing the song Evermore on his little guitar. I'm like, I don't think he has musical talent. I've never even heard him so much as speak. Like, who is he? There are actual interviews from like pre-Taylor times when uh-huh. people are like, oh, are you a singer or whatever? He's like, I don't have a musical bone in my body. And I'm like, Tree Payne has not scrubbed the internet enough. And how good is Tree? I mean, she's done a very good yeah. job. So if you think about it though, like there have been moments, like she went to the, she brought him to some award show. Yeah, like, I just remember she was in that green dress and her hair was up. I like don't know what it is. I yeah, just know the photos. so she brought him to that award show. The next day, he was announced as the new face of Tom Ford. You know, she brought him to the Cats premiere because Cats was an awful movie. And people will talk about the fact she's with Joe Alwyn rather than the fact that the movie was awful. Yeah. So there are little things. And even like she was spotted with him and he was wearing dark jeans and Nikes. Yep, when delicate the emo. Yeah. Like there, there are moments. And if you take a step back and people call me a bad Swifty because they think she's the most honest person. I'm like, but she also hasn't told us who she writes songs about. She's never confirmed it ever. She's always played these games. And I also find it interesting when people are like, you're reading too much into her being gay. I'm like, this is from the very first album, her little lyric pamphlet had those capitalized letters. So you could put together messages like this girl has been laying eggs for people to see for her entire career. So, you know, I was just sitting there like, yeah, no, because I I love like as a fake Swifty, I love 
listening to real Swifties like talk about Taylor. Oh, and, and we are on the eve, by the way, of Red. So happy Christmas Eve to Red <laughs> TV. <laughs> I just think it's so interesting. And I tell Kelly all the time that I'm like, I think that one day she will be, maybe if like, maybe it'll be in 10 years or maybe it'll be in like 30, but she'll be appreciated as like a really old school Hollywood, like she reminds me of like the MGM era of Hollywood. Mm. Like her public persona, people view it as vulnerable and like open and real and honest, but it's crafted. Yeah, Like it's narrated. It's like controlled by her. And it's really interesting. It felt, like, I, did you guys watch the documentary that was, I mean, basically a PR piece. I just found yeah. it so interesting. And I, I remember writing a blog post too. And I just found it so carefully curated. And even when she was saying um, to talk about her eating disorder, she was like, you know, so I would just starve myself a little bit. And it was sentences like that, that I found so weird because starve is a huge thing to say, but a little bit is so tiny. So you saying I would starve myself a little bit. It's, it's this narrative she does when she speaks where she'll talk about something huge, but try to make it seem casual. So it's like, oh, she's vulnerable, but, but wait, she's not because I know she has an eating disorder, but did you not eat? Like what caused it? Things like that. So she'll kind of touch on these topics, but not really go, I don't know, deep enough into it as you'll see other celebrities go. So it does give you this feeling of like, I know her, but you actually don't. I don't think yeah. anyone does. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I think that she, you know, it's interesting, especially like the difference between like the first half of her career is like so different to me as yeah. like sort of an outsider than the second half because sure. um, in the first half it was like really curated and very very sort of almost buttoned up and uptight and really you know intensely like manicured and perfect and yeah you know it's like she was literally a part of like the Hollywood film system like they were like we're gonna use this girl to help make careers for people you know it's like she really I don't think people give her enough credit for just the impact that she's had on celebrity culture. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, you don't get to be as big as Taylor Swift without having all of that stuff happen. Basically, it's not an accident that she's number one. It's taken yeah. years of meticulous, careful planning. And she's a, she's a businesswoman at the end of the day. Even when she was 16 years old, she was sitting in on those business meetings, crafting her brand and things like mm -hmm. that. So I obviously have to talk about the Kanye West incident. I, for being a conspiracy theorist who is into celebrities, I know shamefully little about the Illuminati, but a lot of people say that there are these rituals where a celebrity has to be embarrassed publicly to reach the next level of their fame career. And a lot of people point to that night where Kanye West embarrassed Taylor Swift as her embarrassing ritual into the Illuminati. I think of it as Kanye West probably on some form of a drug, probably an upper, um, just taking the microphone. But I'm curious your thoughts on that, you know, iconic event. I don't subscribe to Illuminati thoughts. Well, I also don't even really know what it is. Yeah. Like, is it celebrities or is it all powerful people? I think it's supposed to be all powerful people and like the devil rules them or something. And maybe they like meet with like hoods on <laughs> like once a month or something. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that was Kanye being manic and drunk off of Hennessy, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And it is interesting, too, his um, relationship with, I mean, I would say his relationship with Beyonce after that seems like it fell apart. But also, I think his relationship with everyone fell apart. Like, 
I don't know, when I think of Kanye West, I just think of a man on an island completely alone with like no one really on his side, which, um, you know, Kanye's Kanye, but that is kind of sad to think about. Yeah, for sure. And also like weirdly, like on the other hand, it's like, he's this person who hasn't been told no enough. Yeah. And he's sort of like a child that's been given candy for 10 years and now suddenly you want to give them something else. And they're like, what are you doing? Yes. It's tantrum behavior. And not only has he not been told, no, he's been told you're a genius, you're a genius, which is like, talk about the worst type of dangerous praise to give to someone. You know, you can't Mm -hmm. tell someone that for five years and expect it not to influence them. Yeah. Every manic decision that you make comes from you being a genius. So we just have to like white knuckle through it because it's at the end of the day, you're going to create some masterpiece that like, thank (laughs) God, you know, Yes. And that, I feel like that's kind of how people feel a little bit about Lana Del Rey too, where it's like, we love her music, but every time she speaks, good God, we just have to like white knuckle through it and like see what happens because <laughs> you don't know what's going to come out of her mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's so funny. She like so, writes a lullaby about Harvey Weinstein, like rocking her to yeah. sleep. And you're like, what is, what is this? And people have given me so much shit for that. I'm like, it's not a, she's, puts Harvey's name in the song. And then after the Me Too incident came out, she removed his name from the song. If you don't think that they slept together, you're taking crazy pills. Why why else would she remove the name from the song? It could have been any other Harvey. Even just photos of them together, you're like, oh, they've been intimate. (laughs) Like, hello. (laughs) A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Okay, let me see what is next on here. Oh. Okay. Do you guys want like a serious one or a crazy one up next? <laughs> I'm like, we're about to record a Dan Schneider episode. So nothing Ooh. is going to phase us. <laughs> yeah, honestly, hit, hit us with your bed shot. <laughs> okay. I'll start with um, one that made me laugh and then a more serious one. There is a theory going around pockets of the internet that Lord is a 40 year old woman. and like the minute i looked that up i had i headed to google images and i was like i don't know i could kind of see it happening (laughs) is this the fucking orphan come on (laughs) she like rips off prosthetics (laughs) i i am a big lord fan i have been since her eps and like Mm -hmm. she is very articulate and smart and all this stuff she's very wise when she was on the hot wings um episode two i was like this is a fully formed woman yeah. yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. I think she just turned 24 or 25. Or 40. No, just or 41. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. There's. No, I can't. Okay. Let's move on to another I'm theory. Sorry. Um, no, I, I think that one is um, pretty. That's like the carnival of um, conspiracies yeah. out there. It's right. I want to know, like, who was sitting at their house listening to Royals and they were like, I bet you she is 40. Right. Also, I feel like 40 is such an interesting, like, why not maybe 30 and the industry is trying to, you know, that could be a little bit believable, but 40 is, you know. Yeah. Okay, so this is one that you've probably already heard of before, the theory that Beyonce faked her pregnancy, basically that for her first pregnancy, she had a surrogate, but she was, um, she didn't want to say that to the public. So she was using a fake bump. And there are different interviews where she's sitting down and it looks like the bump collapses and the fact that she got her body back so quickly. I'm curious your thoughts about that one, because we know that, um, you know, celebrities have used surrogates before, but they have been pretty open about it. I've always like, I've gone back and forth on this for so many years. Mm-hmm. Like I've, 
I've definitely at times been like, oh yeah, like something weird happened. And then I've been like, no, like we saw Beyonce pregnant. The thing about Beyonce and Jay-Z is that they choose to live their lives with in such a fun house. It's all like these weird smoke and mirrors. And I love Beyonce, but I'm also, I don't, I don't uh, pray to the church of Beyonce as a deity on earth, You're as other people beehive. do. I am not a part of the hive. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. I'm not going to like key somebody's car because they said something bad about <laughs> Beyonce. But um, I don't know. I just think, I do think that Beyonce was like actually pregnant. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I understand people's, I understand like the the myth behind it because she chooses to live her life like, like this crazy like folklore witch you know what I mean yeah it it is funny that she could be so big or you know maybe it's not funny maybe it's kind of done on purpose but people like her and Taylor Swift I feel like when you are starting out you know I remember Taylor Swift would do vlogs and she would be on MySpace and you have artists who are like going on live and talking to their fans and then it's like once you break through that next level your fans don't really hear from you you know it's kind of like you're a traditional celebrity where you do interviews you do red carpets but you're not going to be going here's my avocado toast for breakfast anymore you just kind of don't have access to that anymore Mm -hmm. yeah okay um here's a britney spear we have two britney spears conspiracy theories the first one makes me giggle it's that britney spears was on the white house payroll in the early 2000s and they had a relationship with her where basically anything you know if something bad was going on in afghanistan they would say like Brittany, you have to go out and party tonight because like we need the news stories to change and things like that. So that's a conspiracy theory that allegedly they were both helping each other out for a couple years in the early 2000s, which I get a kick out of. What do you guys think? That one has made me laugh for so long. <laughs> I am obsessed with it. I, if that were true, I don't think that they would like tell Brittany. Yes. Yeah. It would <laughs> you know probably I mean? tell her team. Yeah. Like, I don't think Brittany would know that that was happening. Um, I won't say that I don't think Britney was used as a tool, mm-hmm. um, as a media tool at certain times for whatever need be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that she was like texting, like people working. <laughs> She's like, House. oh my God, they really need me tonight. I wear a tube top for the troops because right. I got to get America off their case. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to kiss a boy tonight because there's a war going on. <laughs> I'm going to kiss a girl tonight because of the oil thing going on in the Middle right. East, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I've never heard this before. That's wild. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I do like it when people tie celebrities and government together, you know, Olivia I choose Roderick. to believe this. I believe this one. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you know, you got to throw your right behind a good one i believe it yeah and we also have the theory that you know when britney spears famously shaved her head that allegedly she was doing that because there was going to be a custody hearing in the next couple of days and she didn't want to get drug tested through her hair so that was Mm -hmm. why she shaved her head and it wasn't really this mental break like people describe although you know i'm sure you know the mental health was not at an all-time high for her during those years um but allegedly that's why she shaved her head because she didn't want people to be able to test her hair and be able to see that she had had a history with drugs. What do you guys think of that? I'm going to let Troy do this one because he has a theory about Brittany and her hair. Yeah. Cause I, I also I'm thinking, I'm like, what about eyebrow hair? But I don't know anything about drug testing. So, okay, let's hear the theory. Well, I've always thought that that could definitely be true. I've always thought for sure that that could be an element to it. And 
Um, I don't think that that's that far off at all. Um, but I also think like Britney shaving her head was just like way more emotional. Mm. Like, I think it was way more, in my opinion, the reason that Britney shaved her head was because she had tried up to that point really intensely for the past couple months, but really like over years to like gain control of her life, of her career, of her music, of all these things, of her relationships. And I think it was her way of kind of like deading Britney Spears. Like, mm. I think that she knew that there was a major attachment to her hair as a pop star. And it was her way of killing Britney, like publicly being like, no, you don't understand. Like, you guys don't want me to be done doing this, but like, you have to understand that I'm like really to fucking done. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it maybe ever again and yeah I think it was like more like of like a punk rock thing yeah and I also think when I think of you know celebrities back in that time of course Britney Spears had so much going on with the conservatorship and her family at that time but even just watching paparazzi videos of how they would treat celebrities there's such a difference between paparazzi with celebrities in the year 2020 and the year 2002 you know it's just mm. it's completely different I watch those videos and I get claustrophobic and I just think to myself it is a monumental task that Ooh, you know oh yeah there we go. um but that, you know, that all of these celebrities weren't freaking out more. I'm like the umbrella with the car. I would have been taking hammers to people's actual cameras. And I find it a huge act of restraint that a lot of these celebrities just put up with actual abuse from paparazzi on a pretty day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, don't think, I don't think people remember how cruel the media was, not just to Britney, but like young women in general specifically women i can say that like pretty confidently the, the way they treat photos they'll put they'll literally put a camera underneath yeah. your legs and be like she's showing off her vagina it's like are you kidding me yeah right i mean the misha bartons and Lindsay lohans and nicole richies they were raked across the coals on yeah. us weekly and we laughed about it yeah 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 and nobody really um, questioned the media back then, you know, mm -hmm. like now I feel like now we're kind of having this rhetoric of should we apologize to Megan Fox and like, why do we hate Emily Ratajkowski and, and things like that, where nobody was questioning things back then. You just went, mm -hmm. it's on a magazine cover. It's just going to be the narrative and we're going to keep talking about it. Right. Yeah, it was definitely a part of this bigger, like you said, it was a part of the narrative where it's like, well, celebrities who are train wrecks die. So mm -hmm. if these people die, then that's like a part of their story. It completes the story. Like I really, with my entire heart, and I've said this a million times, I really believe that people were not only like okay with Britney dying, in a sense, there were a lot of people that were hoping something like that would happen because it would complete this big, you know, Whitney Houston, Amy Winehouse-y kind of story where it's like celebrities who are tragic are supposed to die. Yes. Yeah. You know? Do you think now this is just like a thought experiment. Do you think if the conservatorship had never happened, what do you think would happen with Brittany? Like, where do you think she would be in her life today? Do you think she would still be performing? Do you think she would have retired at a young age and been a mother? I think she probably would have been a mom. Yeah. Yeah. I think she would have been a mom. And I think that she would have gone a more, I say this all the time. I think she would have gone like a ray of light sort of way. She would have like released music that was more 
inspired by her yes. life uh, yeah. she would have re- you know released music about her kids and being a mom and a wife and um like when she had gone on her honeymoon I remember she wrote on her website that she was writing all these poems and she couldn't wait to turn it into music I think that we were uh denied and sh- I think that she was denied even more so the opportunity to release what would have been probably her best work because it would have been the most true to her she just had kids you know and she was like super inspired yeah and I feel like people forget Britney is talented like she's not just this pop cookie cutter singer she can write she can play music she can produce music but people are like oh she gets up there and lip syncs and bad dances it's like no she used to give her writing credits to other writers to help them with their career yeah. And also the bad dancing. I still watch videos of her dancing. It is real. I mean, I've just, I've never seen anything like it. And even in interviews too, she's well-spoken. She speaks from the heart. She's very genuine and authentic. And I know some people think you're just born with that. I do think it's a skill. And I mm-hmm. think it's an important mm-hmm. skill in the sense that if you don't have it, you can't really learn it. You know, it's just something that you have and develop or you don't. And I mean, once again, like Taylor Swift being so big, Britney Spears being so big. I think about this all the time with pop stars like Madison Beer. Like you can have a hot body and a pretty face and a good singing voice. Those aren't all the ingredients. You do need that it factor and something special because, you know, if you didn't need that, we would have a hundred Britney Spears coming out of the woodwork every year, but you know, they're rare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, when you think about, I have this, uh, this way of sort of breaking down her career in my head of like, like conservatorship content Mm -hmm. like there's there are things that have like music and albums and performances and stuff I'm like oh this is a conservatorship performance like Britney did she's phoning this in because she doesn't care because she doesn't want to do it and none of it was her idea and you know you look at like the circus album is such conservatorship it's just such a vapid you know for her to have gone through this crazy experience and she had written all this music and she tried to release original doll which was like an album that was about all the stuff that she had gone through Mm -hmm. and they were like no like just like we want you to release a bunch of songs with like tongue-in-cheek puns about paparazzi you know it's like she never would have done that that's conservatorship content yeah now having been exposed to this and kind of picking up on the signs would you say that there's any celebrities or pop stars or singers now that you look at them and you go I think that they're not really being allowed to be their true self because I feel like there are some albums I feel like every album Selena Gomez puts out I'm like I don't think she wrote a single line in this but I don't think it has conservatorship energy but it's hard to tell because there are celebrities, you know, Demi Lovato has a powerhouse voice. So I think out of all the Disney stars, okay, it makes sense that Demi chose singing as a path. Selena Gomez, I feel like they were just trying to put, you know, another album out there so that way they could make money. Now, granted, it's not a conservatorship, but I wonder how many of these singers are, you know, truly committed to the craft versus, you know, the higher powers above them are just kind of plugging them in so they can make money. I always say Ariana Grande Really? Even though she was making those like YouTube singing videos back in the day? I'm not saying she can't sing. I just don't think she's singing the music she wants to sing. Troy and I talked about that. You know, her influences like Troy. Well, he didn't say it on this. I'm sorry. Um, It's like Imogen Heap. Yeah. She doesn't want to sing about riding a dick 24 (laughs) seven. She's like a weird kooky artist. And she's she's had a lot of trauma in her life, like very public trauma. 
Well, she also is, you know, weird underneath it all. Like I know people are like, oh my God, she was trying to be Lolita with like the cat ears. I'm like, I think Ariana was more of like e-girl nerd with the cat ears. You know, I don't know if she was trying to be sexy little plaything. Maybe she was trying to be like anime girl who likes to go gaming. Like there's two different ways that it could go. And I don't think Ariana Grande grew up as like a very typical popular girl who's wearing, you know, the sheen clothes and, you know, singing about getting fucked. Right. Like I think right. she grew up a little bit lonely. Um, and I think all artists who are really creative do have that like childhood where, you know, they had to have a place to foster their creativity. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely think if she had control over her career, but look completely different. I mean, my God, the stuff that she would be singing about the, I mean, I just think she's like very, very controlled and um, she's now, another- Why do you think that is? Like, do you think, I think she's big enough to get out of Scooter's clutches. Do you, what's your take on that? Do you think that he has something over her or the contract is just too powerful? Because I would think that she's a big enough star at this point and Scooter is so, you know, demonized and villainized by the media that if she wanted to break free of him, ha, huh, break free, right. <laughs> um, she could if she wanted to. I don't know. I wonder if it's like, if it's the control thing versus like, you know, she's so talented. It's like, I wonder how much of a fight she even puts up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I really feel like for her, it's like so paint by numbers. Like she doesn't seem challenged by what she does at all. Yeah. And like, I'm sorry, but you cannot tell me, like, I actually had this conversation with my friend the other day. She's a really big Ariana Grande fan. And she was like, no, like that music comes from her heart and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like she releases like Twitter meme music. It's like music for- Well, she goes viral on TikTok because all of her songs can be, you know, caught into a six snippet of like a fancy quote or like a little beat behind it that you shake your ass to, something like that. That's what I think. I think that they, they perp- like that's almost the new formula. Yeah, I see that with a lot of Doja Cat's music too. Like any artist who's going viral on TikTok, part of me wonders if they make a song and then they go, wait, 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 let's put one good quote in there. So then that way we can have it make the rounds on social media or something. Yeah. And I think it was Beyonce who said, people don't make albums anymore. They just make singles. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. so true. Yeah. It is. Yeah, she, it, I, I just think that she phones it in and she's not a phone it in naturally I don't think she's a phoned in girl like I just think like she's been restricted so much that she just kind of she seems to just kind of be along for the ride in a lot of ways yeah which honestly after everything going on with her I could I would be that way too I'd be like I'm just trying to get through the next couple of years and like yeah. not rock the boat and just like heal and go on like you know figure out everything that's happening on my own terms without having to try and keep pushing and keep reaching that next level I mean she's already a star how much further up can you go totally mm -hmm. yeah Okay, let me just pull out a couple more here and then I will let you guys go. Oh God, okay, there's a couple good ones. All right, I'm just gonna rattle off a few. What are your thoughts that Demi Lovato is purposely trolling the media and just saying the most insane things possible? I would hope that's true, <laughs> but I think Demi is just, I don't know what Scooter Braun did to them. Yeah. But right. It's bizarre. Yeah, the the quote uh, that that they said about aliens and alien being a term that you can't use. I mean, I feel like I'm on Twitter a good amount of the time and I hadn't even seen that on there. I was like, alien. And I just think too, 
a yogurt shop. Like Demi has such influence. And if you're going to knock down powerful players and use your platform for good, a yogurt shop, I mean, there's once again, there's bigger fish to fry. So I'm just, um, I do get tickled by Demi's antics though. Yeah, yeah. I really think that Demi just reacts a lot. Yeah. And that's always been their problem. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Troy could probably talk about it a little better than I can, but when they don't have their addiction to talk about and promote an album using their addiction, which is their story to tell, you know, I'm not trying to knock Demi for that, but it's almost like now what? Right. Like who are you outside of it? Mm -hmm. And I also, I feel like for Demi at such a young age when like Demi's life was so crazy to be put on that sort of like role model inspiration pedestal Mm -hmm. and to live in that during a time when it maybe shouldn't have been happening yeah um I think it really like fucked up Demi's head a lot to be honest yeah like I think it had a major effect or even back I mean I I feel like Demi all of the Disney folks were also a part of that whole we're gonna wear purity rings and be virgins and things like that so this whole idea of having to live up to uh, you know, a complete role model version of your highest self to carry mm-hmm. that burden, even just to be your most perfect self for one day. I feel like I would have trouble with it, let alone it's your job and it's your reality for years on end. Now, oh, for sure. Speaking of Demi, I have my own conspiracy theory about Selena Gomez, which is that she is in money trouble. <laughs> because over the last two years a lot of celebrities have just kind of sat back covid's happening you can't really do much selena gomez put out the rare album the rare deluxe album she did the spanish album she did selena gomez and the chef the hbo show she did her rare makeup beauty line she did only murders in the building she's done that feature on like a Coldplay album and I think she did something else that I can't think of, but it just seems also branched off, you know, a makeup line, cooking, uh, English album, a Spanish album, a Hulu show, a little bit of acting. I just find it unique that she's done five very different projects all within the t- time span of a COVID year. And I'm, I'm kind of curious why, why that is. I mean, based on what you just said, all signs point towards I need money. There we go. So right? it's basically like, confirmed. I don't know if you could debate that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And and I mean, no other, cel- maybe celebrities now are doing like, I don't know. The only other person I could think of is Timothy Chalamet, who's in like every movie poster I see. But other than that, I can't really think of anyone who's doing as much as she has this past year. Especially because she's so sick. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know. And she has, and she's got to do all those drugs too. So now that's the sixth project. That's the seventh project. <laughs> Plus, what do you think about how little Selena has had, like the, the, the little involvement that she's had in her own music? I can't imagine that even like her biggest singles, she's a feature artist. She's always featured in other people's songs. Those are yeah. her biggest hits. Like she's not ranking in tons of money from her music. No, she can't she's be. Not. Especially with COVID, you're not touring. So, you know, artists really aren't yeah. making as much as they would. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to hit you guys with one last conspiracy theory before we wrap things up. What do you think about the theory that has been tweeted about that the pussycat dolls were a prostitution ring? So the former, I think it was Kaya, Kaya Jones or Kaya Jones. She tweeted out that, you know, she was a part of the pussycat dolls. It was a prostitution ring. They were basically 
pimped out to different executives. And there was a den mother. She said the den mother from hell that she wanted to talk to. And they went back and forth denying things. And then, you know, these, the dolls were supposed to get back together recently. And they did that uh, song react. They did a couple of performances for it and then crickets. And some people think that it's because this whole thing is tied up in litigation over whether or not the girls were being yachted around town. We're going to let Troy again handle this one. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. So I, 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 for my other podcast, Dunzo, I did a, a two-part Pussycat Dolls series. Oh, okay. Just truly deep fried myself in Pussycat Dolls content for like <laughs> two weeks. And um, this is like, I, I would lay down for this one. This is <laughs> really, really undeniable. When you look at the way Robin Anton managed those girls, um, the way that they were treated, uh, I mean... You know, it's it's not it's an embarrassing thing to come forward and say that you know I was passed around by my record label as currency mm-hmm. and used as a tool for contracts and things like that. You know, we you want to sign this endorsement deal with whatever? Okay, well we've got two girls that'll sleep with you. Like that's not like a a, a come up thing to admit. You know and. I really do believe that. I think that Robin Anton is a evil, evil fucking person. And, you know, uh, there's also, you know, you can't forget about the fact that one of the girls from another, another one of her groups um, ended up committing suicide. Yes. And, you know, it was very, very quickly swept under the rug. They had like, you know, maybe a week or so of mourning her publicly. Robin released a little paragraph statement and that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that Nicole is, has always been rewarded in that group for being so willing to do whatever Robin Anton tells her to do. Um, it's really, it's to me, one of the darkest girl groups in history. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you better believe I will be diving into that series on the Dunzo <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like any girl group, and I haven't really gotten into the whole BDS, uh, sorry, BDS, BTS scene <laughs> or those Korean pop groups, but j- from the little that I've looked up online, it just seems like the treatment of those stars too is just to the bone and absolutely horrendous. So I don't know. I yeah. feel like there's something about pop groups that just, I don't know, makes uh, makes way for something sinister to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, oh, sorry. no, go ahead. What Troy and I talk about a lot with like the Lou Pearlmans with, um, who did B2K, Troy? Uh, uh, God, I can't think of his name now. Um, I'll think Chris of it. Stokes. Chris, Chris Stokes. Stokes, yeah. Um, you look at these old men and these young boys are sent to live with them. Yeah. And I mean, I know this is kind of going off, on a little bit of a tangent go off yeah but in the public eye we're like oh that's so nice they're being taken care of by their manager and even if you look at maybe justin bieber being sent to live with usher this is usher said they're actually being asked to take care of their manager if you get my drift which is you know right yeah Yeah. and for a long time i mean even the most recent the boy band why don't we came out Oh my God, I remember them. They were like big on Vine or whatever. Young, young, young. And they said their manager would like lock them in the house and take all their cell phones, starve them, make them perform for hours and hours and hours a day. And nobody talked about that. It was only a few months ago they talked about it. And I saw it 
on on Twitter only. Like they made yeah, a big never statement. Heard about that. It is. And see, once again, this is something where like people are like, don't talk about blind items. I'm like, I think we should, you know, because yeah. because then you investigate it. And if it's not true, it's not true. But if it is true, you know, everything about Britney could have come to light years earlier or something like that. That's how I feel. It's like, why, you know, like I, I've done some other girl group deep dives and like, I kept noticing this reoccurring theme of these young girls being used as currency and yeah. I mean these are people of no I'm like I read the same thing about 3LW and that was 3LW saying like one of the it was Notori um the first one to leave the group said like we were being asked to prostitute ourselves uh to other bands and to other boy bands and stuff so that they would ask us to go on tour like it's a reoccurring theme amongst people who have no correlation yeah oh you know a group I could see this happening with Danity Kane I feel oh, like they were just kind that. of, you know, and who was it Diddy who was in charge of them? But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it is funny. Once you put the blind item goggles on, you kind of view everything through a different lens, a little bit more. It's like when you trip acid and you're like, wait, now I can like see things that like weren't here before. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's the blind item. You put it under your tongue and everything in Hollywood yeah. is different. And you're like, you kind of want to go back to the old way of thinking because it was yes. like easy, but then you're like, well, no, I can't. You're trying to like vomit out the red pill. You're like, please, no, no, no. I just want right. to watch a Nickelodeon show without thinking yeah. about feet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I won't take any more of your time. Thank you both so much for coming. Um, let everybody know where they can find you both, um, you know, in front of a paywall and behind it, because I will say your Patreon episodes are probably my favorite. Um, but Thanks. go ahead and, and tell everyone where they can find you. Kelly, you want to go? Sure. So I have my Instagram Laguna Biatch, but you can find- I love that by the way. How did you come up with that? <laughs> I was drunk. <laughs> most of my creations that I've done. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so Laguna Biatch is my Instagram. I do have a podcast nostalgia in now. It's kind of on a hiatus at the moment. And then of course, Beyond the Blinds. Great. And Troy. Um, you can find well, my other podcast is called Dunzo, and you can find me uh that's the most active, like, I don't, I, I have a personal Instagram, but it's, like, for, like, my family and high school friends, um, so, yeah, you can follow me on Dunzo Pod, and, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and then, of course, Beyond the Blinds, our Patreon is patreon.com slash beyond the blinds. Great, thank you guys so much. I'm also going to be on the edge of my seat for the Dan Schneider episode to come out, because good, God, there is so much going on in that man. Um, so anyway, I'm just so excited that I had the chance to talk to you guys and I'm excited to hear more of the content that comes out. And thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast and indulging me in my uh, conspiracy theory. Uh, I don't know, my conspiracy theories, but some of them might be true. So I don't want to say that they're all <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you for having this. This was really fun. Thank you so much to Troy and Kelly for coming on. Please check out Beyond the Blinds. I'm going to sound like a douchebag because I've shouted it out so many times in this episode. But if you do want to follow me on Instagram, you don't have to. Um, I'm just saying this because a couple days after every episode, I do polls on my Instagram stories. And what I'm going to do this week is polling people on each conspiracy theory we talked about and seeing if you agree with it or if you think that it's fake. And I just really want to know everyone's opinions on it. So you can head over there. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, and I will catch you guys for the next episode. Bye.